the rebel priest. Real convos, shifting culture and creativity. Knock, it is that time again. My friend, thanks for joining me. Season 2, Episode 1. The Exodus. Can't believe Season 2 is upon us. Actually, I can believe Season 2 is upon us. Because the way this thing started, we get to actually change seasons with you when the seasons change. And if you know much about me and the bee, you know we love this part of the year, this time of year. Fall is incredible especially in Northwest Georgia. We love, we love fall here in Northwest Georgia and we, we can't complain. We have, uh, we have two homes really between here and Arkansas and both places just feel, I just feel like home. You know, when you come home, there's that feeling that you can't replace anywhere else. You can travel, you can go see things and yeah, you find beautiful places, but there's just a feeling of home. There's just this thing that happens, you know, when you get 30 minutes from from your hometown and you kind of start seeing things that you that you just are familiar with there's that feeling of home before we get into today's episode i got some things to talk about as always here on the rebel priest podcast where the table of discussions always open friend and other thoughts are always met with a listening ear but as always don't let that fool you into thinking that this podcast is about anything other than fighting the agenda that's being held around our necks in a chokehold. Here at the Rebel Priest, we refuse to give in to the false narrative of who we truly are as sons and daughters of Yahweh. I believe that, friend. I believe that. I wholeheartedly believe that, and that's why we do what we do here at the Rebel Priest. Before we get into today's episode, though, let me tip our hats to the show sponsors. I love the show sponsors. We got a new sponsor this week, actually. We'll talk about them here in a moment. Fast Lane Auto Repair, Clinton, Tennessee. Hey, if you are in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. Do not take your car to an overpriced repair shop. Instead, give TJ and his crew the opportunity to serve you and your vehicle needs. You can find information for them in the description below along with our other sponsors. The second sponsor is Helpable. They are a new business focused on helping those who need assistance with prescription and medical costs. Their website is coming soon, so stay close for more information. Helpable, we're here to help. W&J Floor Cleaning. Guys, I can't tell you enough about this business. They're great. They use a hypoallergenic solution with a hot water extraction on all your carpet, rugs, and upholstery. They offer a general clean, a deep clean, and also an ultimate clean. If you need any stains removed, no worries. You got pet smells in your in your couch or your carpet, no problem. Say goodbye to those stains and pet odors with their sanitizer and deodorizer package. And right now, they have a special. If you, if you tell them that the Rebel Priest sent you, 325 square feet for only 99 bucks. Think about that. That's a bedroom or an office or a den space for only 99 bucks. Be sure to tell them you heard about this on the Rebel Priest podcast. Our last sponsor and newest sponsor to the table is Brown Note Productions. These guys are coming out with literally a bang. Um, They offer premium, premium sound and event coordination. Give those guys a shout. Their information 
is also in the description below. Brown Note Productions. Thanks to all of our sponsors. We love, love, love each and every one of them. And again, thank you for joining the Rebel Priest Nation. Season two is underway. And I just, friend, I can't help but be excited about this podcast. Um, this episode means a lot to me for a lot of reasons. Um, the Exodus. This may be a hard conversation for some, um, but others, well, you've been you've been seeing this Reformation take place for quite a while now. But before we jump in to today's subject matter, I want to share a few cool things that I have found. And as always, this information will be available in the description below. First thing, woolly mammoths. Now, when I saw this, it kind of blew my mind, but at the same time, it didn't because I know where science is. I know how science is, and I know what science is wanting to do. There's a video link in the description from a Joe Rogan podcast where he has a gentleman on who is basically explaining what they've done with taking woolly mammoth DNA and using uh, CRISPR. If you're not familiar with CRISPR, it is a, it's a device that um, it, it basically is going to fill in the blanks of the DNA and make things come together. Um, they've, they have formed this and they are going to implant this embryo inside of an elephant. And during that gestation period, when it's over, a woolly mammoth should come out. Do y'all think that's weird? Like stop and think about this. If they have the abilities to do this, what else can they produce? Craziness, craziness. The second thing, did you know that the only place on the face of the earth where crocodiles and alligators coexist is in South Florida? Now, this is a pretty cool stat. This is a pretty cool fact, and I didn't know this. Everglades National Park is the only place you can find both animals in the wild coexisting together. To distinguish the two, here's what's important if you like to visit South Florida. Alligators have more of a U-shaped snout, while crocodiles, theirs is more pointed like a V. Be on the lookout. If you see a V, you might want to go because the crocodiles, eh, they're not quite as docile as the alligators can be. The third thing I want to share with you. Now, friend, this is something that, I, that I've, I've been following the story. We've all been, you know, anybody that's familiar with Israel I and mean, keeping up with current events there, there's certain words that they use and there's certain names of organizations that I believe it's important that we, um, we understand what they represent. Now, you guys know I, I am of Jewish descent. Um, when when Tara and I went to Washington, D.C. a few years back, um, we went through the Holocaust Museum. And when you get to the end of the museum, the tour, there's actually a computer bank where you can sit down and search for your family name. And there were, there were, there were a few pages of Zilberts that we found um, listed there. So, uh, you know, I, I don't take on Jewish history, and, and I don't live a, a, a Jewish life, you know. Um, I can be uh, tight with, with money at times, but it's not a, it's not a Jew thing, right? The, 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 the big thing I want you to get here is I stand with where I'm rooted, and I'm rooted in, in Christ Jesus, who's the son of our father. He was a Jew. They ch Yahweh chose the Jewish people. So I stand with Israel, the true Israel, not the Zionist Israel with a, with a one-world agenda. No, true Israel. So the word Hamas, I want you to get this. This is a word that we have heard over and over. And all of the anti-Israel Muslim terrorist organizations, Hamas 
is one of the most violent. The Hebrew word Hamas, which think about this, where did it derive? It's been a Middle Eastern culture thing for a long, long, long time. That word Hamas literally means violence. Go check this out for yourself, friend. I'm not trying to convince you, nor am I trying to say pick a side. It's very heartbreaking to see the devastation and the destruction that is happening. But at the same time, war is a very ugly thing, and we have to remember there's never anything good, peaceful, or joyful found during the war. It's always the aftermath that determines whether those things reside. So may we pray for the Middle East. May we pray for Israel. May we pray for the Palestinians that are that are hung in the middle of this of this fight that's been happening for centuries and eons. It, it's, it's a fight that's been happening a lot longer than you and I have been in existence, my friend. Let's talk about the Exodus. Let's really kind of talk about what's happening in the churches across this great nation because we can talk about Israel and Hamas. Those are two brothers fighting. They're brothers that have been fighting for a long time. Friend, if we don't do something, there's going to come a division in the Western church. And when I say church, I mean as the body, not as the incorporation, not as the one that has business meetings once a month. If we don't start talking about these things openly, the church as we know it is going to cease to exist. You know, I remember being a kid and Pastors always said to the churches that I was involved with or that I went to, I can always remember them saying, hey, don't, don't worry about the babies crying. You hear babies crying, it means there's life in the church. It means we're not dying, we're growing. But let's talk about why sons and daughters are leaving houses of worship. Let's talk about Gen Z. Gen Z is a great generation. They're a, they're a generation of tech. How are we reaching them? How are we taking time to understand them? Is the church in its current model attractive? I'm not talking about attractive to people, but to the Holy Spirit. Not fog machines, but the real glory of heaven showing up in the form of a cloud. That's what I'm talking about. See, Gen Z, Gen Z's not looking for the booms, the wows, the lights, the cameras, the magic. Gen Z, unfortunately, has been birthed into a generation that was affected by the generation before it. Now, this is not a day to throw, throw blame, friend. I'm not throwing blame. But what I'm saying is we can't sit back and look at a generation that's coming up and talk about how twisted and backward and they don't know their identity. We can't sit back and just point that finger and say things about them and not do our part to try to demonstrate something in front of them. See, my three points a minute ago about the woolly mammoth, about the crocodiles, and about Hamas, it has nothing to do with the exodus of the, of the, of the people of the, of the Western church. But what it shows you is things around us are happening who would have ever thought that they would be able to, 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 to give birth to a woolly mammoth? 
a real live woolly mammoth. Who would have ever thought that? But yet we're sitting back, not staying in tune with current events. And we're just fa-la-la-la-law along the way as Christians, quote-unquote. And we just worry about Wednesdays and Sundays. But all the while, Gen Z, the digital tech generation, they're absorbing and learning and, and getting an idea of life without us telling them what's right and what's wrong, without us showing them, without, without my generation and, and my mom and dad's generation picking them up by the hand and dusting them off and not judging them for their piercings, their tattoos, their sexuality, but loving them back to a place where they can understand that the heartbeat, the heartbeat of the body of Christ is not about pointing a finger or judgment. The heartbeat of the body of Christ is bringing them back to a place where you can turn them around and say, now where are your accusers? We have to find a way to reach Gen Z. The second exodus I see happening is young leadership. How are we as seasoned leaders demonstrating the kingdom to them? Are we operating in our divine purpose or are we showing them how to be like others so that they don't rock the boat. That's something right there, friend. I need you to understand. Conformity, even conformity to religion is not what we're after. We should be conformed as Romans 12, 2 tells us. Jesus rocked the boat a few times, but for some reason, some Western churches don't like it when different perspective or an out-of-the-box approach is suggested. And why is that, friend? Why? Well, it could be due to retention and the leadership is afraid of losing its congregants. It could be because the spirit of Saul has crept into the hearts of some leaders and they despise the spirit of King David that rests on these new and fresh ideas. You say, Landon, what's the spirit of King Saul and the spirit of King David? Well, the spirit of King Saul, you can go back and read you can go back and, 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 and put your eyes to the pages and see what's, what Saul allowed to, to creep into his heart toward David. But you can also read how David honored King Saul. Even though Saul threw spears at him, he honored him. So what do we do, leaders, if we find ourselves despising a new, fresh idea? What do we do, leaders, when we find ourselves turning away someone who's younger than we are because we just don't think they have enough experience in life to have heard anything or to understand anything of substance? Number three, the third exodus I see happening is with the creatives. Why are most houses of worship void of any other expression of worship outside of music and the occasional human video. Now listen, human videos were the bomb back in the day. For real, though, that they were. But what's up with creativity being suppressed within the church? There's only a handful of churches that I can tell you that I know for a fact encourage dance, art, which could be painting, sculpting, um, drawing, sketching, writing, that sort of thing. They incorporate all of those elements into their worship service. They give permission for creatives to be creative. 
And I, I know what some of you are already thinking, you know, creatives typically tend to be weird people. And hey, you know, we are kind of a weird people. And the reason that we're weird is because we're not typically boring. We see things differently. And if, if we're not careful as creatives, we allow other people's thoughts about our creativity to stifle our creativity. So how do we, as the body of Christ, keep creatives close to the heart of the Father? We give them permission, number one, but two, we have to give them a space. It's one thing just to say, hey, I give you permission to be a creative. It's a completely different thing to look at a creative and say, how do you feel like you should express worship? Then I'm going to make a place for that expression in this worship space. It doesn't mean you have to put painters on a stage. I don't like stages anyway. It doesn't mean you have to put sculptors right up front in the altar. No, but you give place for people to express their creativity in a corporate environment. It's important. The fourth and the last group that I see that are making an exodus from the Western church are those who worship in spirit and in truth. Now, when I say this, Hear me, I'm not saying that the Western Church is a bad organization. I don't believe that it is, but I'm not talking about an organization. I'm talking about a, a group of people as a body because of their belief system, the church, the body of Christ. There are, there are those I meet regularly, and they are saying the same thing to me over and over and over, and they desire a place that won't quench the presence of Yahweh because the clock says to. Guys, we've got to get away from that. Pastors, if you're listening to this, if you have put a clock in play, you got to be willing to let that clock go to the wayside. I understand I understand the place of, of stewarding the time. I understand being a good steward of your time. I understand having to have order but we lean on that clock too hard as leaders in the Western church. We have to be willing to allow a place of Yahweh's presence to exist. Those that worship in spirit and truth, they're not bound to, a, to an age. They long for a covering of mature believers, but instead they mostly find other leaders who just want to utilize their gifting instead of catapulting them higher and farther than they could ever go. Why? Is it jealousy? Is it pride of leadership? I say it's blindness. Just like when Paul had the scales fall from his eyes, they are blinded by a system. If you challenge that system, friend, you will be met with pushback. Why? Because men can control systems, but they can't control Yahweh's presence. See, that's what gets most men most leaders, I'll say, not to, not to specify men, but most leaders, they, they start off with a fire and a fervency. But then as people come along, a lot of times leadership realizes they really have no say. And if they don't go with the flow of what the ones that write the checks say, they're going to no longer have a job. See, that's the, that's the scary part, friend. Leader, if you're stuck in that place, have a conversation with your board and tell them the direction that you're feeling that they should go now. You can always change direction if you feel you're headed in the wrong direction, Pastor. 
leader, you can always change direction. I'm not saying that, that this exodus is, should happen. I'm not saying this what it should look like. It actually pains my heart to hear stories of people who are being, who are being mistreated in the body of Christ. And what I do know is we have to find a way to reach the generation that we call Z. And we have to find a way to retain these young leaders, not so that we can control them, but so that we can help mature them and we can father them and that we can, we can become knit with them. We will not reach the ones that worship in spirit and truth. We will not reach Gen Z with lights and smoke. We will not reach them with awesome programs and classes. We will only reach them by worshiping the Father in spirit and truth. We will only reach them by fostering an environment that Yahweh's presence stays and lingers. There is a new generation rising, friend. It isn't bound by time or birth year. It's a remnant of people who are, who are here to say yes to heaven. They hear the shepherd's voice. They do what the shepherd's voice asks of them to do. So I challenge you today, friend, be listening for his voice. I challenge you, stay attentive. I challenge you, be a part of this remnant generation that's rising up in this country. The day is coming, and it's coming quickly, when we will focus our missionary efforts here in the United States instead of sending people overseas. Why? Because the exodus is happening, friend. We will begin to see church happening in parks, randomly in the marketplace. Just wait and see, friend. Why? Because those who have ears are hearing, and those who have eyes, they're seeing and they're only saying what they're hearing the Father say, and they're only doing what they've saw him do. There is an exodus happening, but it's not people leaving the Father. It's people searching for him. Hey, thanks again for listening and joining me each week. Please, please, please go give the sponsors a look. Give them some love, and you can find all their information in the episode description below. Love you. Go love big and forgive bigger. See you next week. Peace.